Brendo, you're a stylish guy. I'm super stylish. Would you say so? I would say you're the most stylish guy I know. Yeah. You are maxing and relaxing and profiling, but but styling. You've often asked me, even though you're the most stylish guy in the world, you've often said, Matt Cohen, Mr. Matt Cohen, I am a better than you in every way except one. Yeah. Those fucking hoodies you I wear. I know, man. They're freaking hot. They're they're hot. They're awesome. They're 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 mind bending. They they are the reason cavemen drew on walls. Yeah. I've got the coolest hoodies ever. Look, I might not be a good-looking guy, but I've got the hoodie source locked down, and I'm going to share a secret with you, Brendo. Can you please share me you the get on secret? this if you want to, man. I do. There is a brilliant mind named Sarah Nathanson from Long Island, New York, and Sarah Nathanson one day decided, I've had enough of wearing your clothing. I want to make my own. So she started a company called Purple Tree, Brendo, yeah. and Purple Tree is the coolest clothing company. I'll say it again because I want to get it right. Purple Tree is the coolest clothing company on the face of the earth. And maybe other planets. I haven't been there, but I'm sure they rock the Purple Tree. Sure. Brendo, you see this hoodie. You see me wearing it every day. I've got, I've got my random Purple Tree rotation. Here's the great thing about Purple Tree. You're like me. You, li- you like the marijuana a little bit. Just a little. You like the party lifestyle. You don't want to be obvious about it, right? Because then the cops will arrest you. If you yeah. wear a giant flashing neon pot necklace... The, the the fuzz is going to come down on you, yeah. Brando. They're going to come down you gotta hard. You got to be a little bit more subversive. You got to be subversive. You got to be subtle. Not even that. Let's say. Let's just get out and say it. You got to be classy, and that's yeah. what Purple Tree does, dude. It's very classy. They are. It, Purple Tree is a clothing company for the informed stoner out there. Now, all of their stuff is amazingly soft it's and comfy. It's almost t-shirt material. Their hoodies, and all of them somehow incorporate either a pot leaf. Or some kind of, um, I have a t-shirt that, that is a purple tree hoodie that's uh, a sheet of uh, blotter acid. Yeah. If you're into the LSD, you don't even have to be into drugs. That's it the thing. Looks cool. Make a statement. Drugs are cool. Everyone knows that. I know that. He knows that. And he, he so you've been dying to get some drugs on your yeah. clothing, right? Not even, dude, pot isn't a drug. It's a way of life. And so is purple tree. So, folks, check out purple-tree.com. And get your fucking, get your hot hoodie gear on. Get your t-shirts on. Get your scarves on. They got stuff coming out for the winter. Because you got to keep warm. You got to keep warm and you got to keep stylish and you got to let the world know what's up. Purple dash tree. Purple tree. Check it out. What? Please welcome Matt Cohen and Brendan Creasy, bagged and boarded. Oh, hi, I'm Matt Cohen. I'm Brendan Creasy. Welcome to the Bagged and Boarded Live. Thank you for being here, folks, at the lovely Smod Castle in Hollywood. California. Thank you for that lovely introduction, Derek. DJ D Rock up in the booth with our Uh, new song. With our new our new theme song. What'd you guys think? Our new theme song by MC Chris, right? Thank you to MC Chris. It's a week of legitness. We'll get into that in a bit. Total legit. Totes legit. Too legit to quit. Let's let's do let's do as many fucking gay euphemisms as we can. Totes uh, Audi five thousand. Yeah. It doesn't even apply in this sense, but um, <laughs> no, that's fun. No, man, it's a, it's a big week for us. Uh, 
We got a big show tonight, big charity event for the Hero Initiative. Yeah, Hero Initiative. Every, every, everyone here, uh, all tickets went went directly to charity to help out a great cause. And everybody gets some sweet swag. Everyone gets some fucking awesome swag. And tell them what you gave them, Brendo. There's an it's like the Oscar package. There's yeah, an iPod. I mean, there's an iPod Nano. There's a uh, iPad. Trip to, the what? iPad. There's an iPad. There's a lot of. You guys iPad. got your iPads, right? There's there's a trip to the Swiss Chalet. There's uh, a dinner for two with either uh, Treat Williams or if you're a gal, uh, no, excuse me, that would be for the for the gals. Either Dude. Treat Williams or uh, let's say Molly Ringwald. She's she's really into it. So that you got that in your gift basket. Uh, some brioches from Wolfgang because yeah. it's not a gift basket without some Wolfgang in there. You know, totally. I love me some Wolfgang. Do you do you ever go to the airport and get like Wolfgang puck pizza? I've gotten Wolfgang at the, um, what is it? Oh, Griffith Observatory. Nice. Oh, you were like looking at the stars, eating like fucking $30. Uh, sandwich. A sandwich or something. That basically was, a sandwich. That, basically a sandwich. That wasn't yeah. very good. So you guys have that to look forward to. And uh, nude pictures of Brendo. So that's fun for everyone. Yeah, that's only for the dudes. That's fun for everyone. No, but it's a big week. Um, a new theme song by MC Chris. Uh, this is the first week where you, uh, you folks may be hearing us in a new location right now. New location. Uh, uh, maybe a little smodcast.com action. Yeah. Maybe, just maybe. We'll see that. <laughs> I'm covering my ass in case it doesn't happen. Like right now, we're on smodcast.com, but it's a week from now, so you never know. Uh, <laughs> and we got, a, we got a new sponsor, man. We got Golden Apple Comics. Golden Apple Officially Comics. coming on board, which it's a, uh, they're a big local store out here in LA if you folks. Don't know. They've been around for like 35 years or something. Brenda, what's your first experience with a comic book store? So you grew up out here, right? Yeah, well, I grew up in San Diego in Encinitas, California, and we had a lovely store called Thrill Books, which is sadly, Why was it lovely? Because it was awesome. Was there like fucking velvet and stuff? The guy was really nice. He was like, I've made finger sandwiches while you read Captain if you, America. If you couldn't afford He was an immigrant. Books. He was an immigrant from Sicily who like dreamed of opening a comic book yeah. store. It was like an old grandfather figure. He's yeah. like, do you like New Punisher? Oh, I like your haircut, Brandon. <laughs> that was cool. You know, he was the first place in Encinitas, even before Roundtable, that had Street Fighter II arcade. Even before Roundtable? Yeah, because Roundtable... I have table, no fucking clue what you're talking round about. Roundtable pizza. so exciting. Roundtable Pizza was the premier arcade hotspot. In Encinitas, California? Yes. I'm so, how could I forget? Yes. <laughs> and so you could go and we would buy a bunch of Marvel cards, which were very hot at the time. Dude, I had fucking... Gotta get those holograms. Binders full. Yes. We have uh, some dude uh, about a month ago came to a show and just randomly handed us... A Wolverine well, hologram. That's the, that's the famous card that Kevin gave to Jason or somebody. Well, we got it back. Now. Well, we got it. We have it. And I, yeah. Oh, look how excited he is. See, we're really before our before show routine is we just stare at this Wolverine card and we're like, snicked, snicked. My brother snicked, actually snicked. has. Okay, let's do it. My brother has like two of Go them. Go team! Wow, man. I remember your brother's rich. Your yeah. brother's like Jamie Fox. Well, I remember the second set was the. I like the second set a lot better than the first set. And the one thing that we couldn't find forever was uh, Mr. Fantastic's. What's his little thing that he puts on? That like is his his little gadget. I don't know what the fuck that's. Anyone know what that's called? Okay, comics people. Come like on, like guys. the thing on Reed Richards' arm. Yeah, that, like. I don't know what it's called. Well, we had to find, we couldn't find that card, and we finally found it, like, 
a year later to swap. Did you come? Oh, it was the greatest moment of our young lives. I did. Was that the first time you popped? Yeah. You were like, oh, look, we found the card. I feel weird. We have the complete set. I don't want to read comics anymore. Uh, I I grew up in Long Island, and there was this little tiny comic book store in a town called Plainview right next to a supermarket. And... Like, until I was maybe 20 years old, I didn't know how comics worked. Because I used to just go, like, when my, I'd be like, I want comics. And my, me and my mom would go. And I, I didn't know there was, like, a weekly release schedule or anything. I would go from, like, the age of five. I would go to this little comic book store. I don't even remember the fucking name. It was so long ago. Mm-hmm. And I would only read Punisher, Ghost Rider, or Venom. Like, those were the only books I wanted. And after a while of that... The owner of the store started like getting kind of weird around me and shit because I was like the seven year old who only read the fucked up comics. Like he talked to my mom at one point. <laughs> He's like, you know, there are other books out there, ma'am. He's like, wonderful books, Superman, for instance, Fantastic Four. I yeah. was like, I want a funeral pyre where they rip the guy's face off <laughs> and fuck it. They're like, that's not even in that book, Matt. <laughs> I'm like, well, I want that version. Um, so that was uh, I used to go there a lot, man, and and. Uh, I dude from like and my here's the other embarrassing. It's not even embarrassing. Fuck it. After the shit I've said on this show, uh, look, I'm fucking bald. How could it be more embarrassing than that? Um, That's so embarrassing. Archie Comics, man. My mom is a 55 year old uh, stoner housewife. Not even a housewife because we're both me and my brother are out of college and shit. But whatever you call that, then a wife. Yeah. She's a mom. Um, yeah. Who still to this day reads Archie and Jughead and Betty and Veronica. And so growing up, like, when there was nothing to do in the house, like, I read, I've read, like, fucking thousands of Archie books in my day, dude. Well, thousands. When Jelly great- Bean Jones was born, it was an event in our fucking household. <laughs> they're a great value because they're, what, like, $2? And they're, like, bigger than the normal comics. They're, like, the little books. Well, the, the best thing is reading, growing up reading Archie books, um, I, about 1995, I guess, maybe the publisher changed or something because what they started doing was they stopped making new comics and they would take like 30-year-old books and white out certain references and, and write in new ones. So it was like, <laughs> it would be like, hey, Betty, we're just done going from the, instead of chocolate shop, it'd be like, cool coffee house. Do you want to go see the, and then Green Day in the big, like letters bigger than anything in the bubble. It looked like a dude drew it in by hand or whatever. You're like, you knew, you knew they were like, let's go see fucking Captain and Tennille. Yeah. Or someone of that ilk. Uh, Rhonda Francis. I think I just made that up. Connie Francis. I got way into My dad told me about that. Uh, (laughs) My dad knows. My dad's a weird... We had my dad on the show the other day. Someone someone brought up the Westbury Music Fair once. He was like, that's right across the street from where Connie Francis got raped. The (laughs) Rape Hotel. Wow. And I was like... And it was in like mixed company. There were females like there and stuff. And it was instantly got awkward. And my dad's... God bless him, he's a stoner and shit. He didn't realize, so he kept being like, yeah, she got date raped. It was in the news, she got raped. They call it the rape hotel, and I'm kicking his leg. He's like, what? It really is. <laughs> he's like, I know. So Connie Francis. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Brando. So yeah, man, I read Archie books. I read... Um, there was the Archie cartoon also when I was a young lad. And- see, I never watched that. I'd seen like bits and pieces of it. I love yeah. the... There's a famous reference on Simpsons where Homer... Stay out of Riverdale. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. We're Moose fucking... Kick him out of the We're Moose. Here's the thing. Moose, borderline retarded. How do you get the hottest chick in town? Who knows? Actually, Midge isn't the hottest chick. They're all pretty good looking. Yeah. Who would, if you weren't... Uh, who would you go... Actually, not, let's, let's not do hypotheticals right now. Who's your dream boat in the Archie world? You going with Reggie because he's got the money? I hate Reggie. Reggie's you, ooh, an he, he's not your type. He's yeah. not your type. You don't want like a fucking angry top who's like, yeah. 
I'll buy you a car and then hit you in the face with my that, dick. That's the kind of person that Reggie seems like. Uh, would you go for uh, uh, Jughead? Because he's just kind of like a stoner. I yeah, feel Jughead like would be cool to hang out You guys out would with. just sit on a couch. Ca- hang out, but there would be yeah. no passion in your romance. Nah. No fire. You would just sit on a couch and get fat and old and die together. That's, I'm fine Get a matching that. crown. It will be kind of cute, actually. Yeah. Uh, who else do you got? Mr. Weatherby? No. If you like the older type. Uh, <laughs> or you could switch it up and be like Mr. Weatherby and Mrs. Grundle. Oh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Just for yeah. some flavor. So that's what you can do with Archie. No, I grew up reading Archie. And fucking Harvey books. Yeah. Casper. Casper. Hot stuff. Richie Rich. Richie Rich. Uh, like, Baby Huey and, like, Little Lotta. Like, I read, a, I read whatever my mom read. And my mom, my, grand, my mom's grandfather uh, was a New York Times delivery man or a New York Post in, like, the 1940s. So what, he would, they would get extra copies of the newspaper every day, and he would always bring home the fucking comic strips and mm-hmm. shit and like he worked at the newsstand so he would get he would get comics without the covers on them so my mom grew up reading like a shit my mom read a sh- read, still reads comics my dad only has heard of sad sack yeah that whole sad it's the sad only sack. comic book he knows of yeah, he loves sad sack he's a fan I, last year for his birthday I bought him a sad sack book from Amazon nice. he didn't read it though because he's like I loved sad sack when I was 10 I was they're actually bringing back sad sack I was reading some news on like comic book resources because my dad probably man yeah maybe he, he mentioned got, it he knows, pe- like, he knows yes. people who knows people yeah uh, so I read fucking and then there was like a fucking so I read a lot of books when I was really young and then I got to about age 12 yeah let's say new X-Men X-Men number one the Jim Lee oh, that was, you know what I mean when it first popped off and then I that stopped was the hottest I was, shit of all time I was like I will <laughs> when you were saying it's the hottest shit of all time, I was saying like I will never get married and have children if I continue down this road. So I like gave up. You com- forsake your. I gave up comic books full stop. I was not a geek, and I mean, of course, I was a geek always. But in high school, I was. I did not read any fucking comic books whatsoever. You just played Pokemon all the time. And then what's what's really interesting, like you know, we talk about we talked about on Star Wars uh, the Star Wars thing where if that one droid's power converter didn't blow up, yeah. If Kevin Smith or whoever was responsible for this didn't put that Stygian triplet kid in the movie Dogma in a Hellboy t-shirt, like, I wouldn't be here right now. I'd be a lawyer or something. Because wow. I didn't read comics at all. Why be all because of that t-shirt? I like, was a huge... What's Ke- the progression? All right. I was a huge Kevin Smith fan. Yeah. Uh, Dogma came out. I was... But, like, cut to, like, four years later, and I was already in Vermont in, like, 19... Fat Matt. Fat Matt was in Vermont and getting high and, like, listening to Fish. And I was got the uh, collector's edition of, of uh, Dogma, and... Um, that was the first DVD I ever bought. Mine was Pulp Fiction. But let's, let's, so I got that's the collector's edition of Dogma, and I saw the Hellboy t-shirt, and I kept fucking being like, that's the coolest t-shirt of all time. Like, I don't know what it is. Maybe Kevin made it up for the movie, and I knew he sold t-shirts, so I did a Google search for Hellboy, and boom, like, Hellboy came up, and I was like, that's the culmination of everything I want in the universe in a mm-hmm. fictional character. So I went to the local comic store in Vermont, bought a bunch of fucking Hellboy books, that lasted for like maybe four months of just Hellboy, and then I it, boom, it was like a full stop thing. I moved from Vermont to Manhattan, and I worked in comic book stores for the next three years, and got up to like eighty books a week. Like I had like forty five. Yeah, you were you were. I don't know how. I have you a storage unit. While, I have a storage so. unit with forty five long boxes yeah, in Long Island. I've seen. I haven't seen that, but I've seen your the ones you just have. Like I remember going to your house, and you just had this giant piles of books, and I was like, "What are those?" He's like that's my to read pile. 
I was like, well, and, the, and the thing was, crazy. I actually went cold turkey about six months ago, and I'm back into comics now. We'll talk about that in a minute. But I went cold turkey because I uh, started envisioning myself at like 80 years old, really feeble, in like comic a, book hoarders, in like a basement with like long boxes stacked to the ceiling, and then like them falling over on me, and like no one, because I never had a wife or family, no one was around. I was just buried under fucking copies of like Supergirl and like that actually Suicide happened. Squad and shit that was one of the death sequences at the beginning of a Six Feet Under episode it someone was, guy like, got buried in comic books yeah he like he was reaching up on the shelf he is a comic book hoarder and, and, he, and the shelf fell over and he died and then they had like a comic and book and I ripped my mask off and I'm Alan fucking Ball <laughs> hello no 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 man so I was, so I was worried about that but, I, but I'm back dude you know why why? Because my, my passion got reinvigorated because I discovered a local store in LA, man. Yeah. And and it, it really is fucking awesome. And I'm back full force. I've been reading, I've, for the last four weeks now, I've been reading comic books. And let me tell you, I don't know a fucking thing what's going on. Like, <laughs> Batman's alive again. And like, Thunder, spoiler alert, Thunderbolt Ross is the Red Hulk. I was like, that can't fucking be possible. I read Red Hulk. And like, I just, it shouldn't. And, uh, Captain America and Batman both went back in time, but somehow didn't like meet paths and have a fucking badass adventure. Like, what a chance for a crossover, man! Yeah. Um, Wonder Woman's like an emo chick now. Yeah, that whole new. Uh, thing. Uh, let me think of what are some other new developments I've learned. Like, uh, if if you're a Hellboy fan, Dymo is back in BPRD. Like every in six months, it's insane. Like if you stop watching a TV show for a year or so, you can kind of glean what happened in that season. You miss six months of comic books. You're fucked. I feel like fucking Charlie and Flowered for Algernon and shit. <laughs> Where I'm just like Mary Jane is like like Aunt May married the J Jonah's father. Oh, Spidey. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? It just, it, it blows my mind. But I'm back into comics, man. And the big reason is because of a local store called Golden Apple Comics, who has come on board as this new sponsor for Bag to Board. And we have with us today the proprietor we need a chair. of Golden Apple Comics. I will grab a chair because we are the fucking Muppet Show. Please welcome Mr. Ryan Leibowitz, folks. Ryan Leibowitz. All right, he's going to talk about Golden Apple for a, for a minute or two. Five, ten. Brenda wields an iron fist with that time shit. Thanks for being What's on going the show, on, sir. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you, guys. Hello, everybody out there in well, the theater. Welcome to uh, podcast world, man. Oh, I'm talking to more than just these folks. No, no, no. This is literally it. Oh, so say whatever you want. Cool. Do you have any sexual <laughs> sexual escapades <laughs> you want to get into? Oh, any yeah, races absolutely. you don't like particularly? Yeah. Because well, feel free. Yeah, we can get into that. Stuff. <laughs> um. Not cool. Yeah. Thank, thank you for being here, dude. And thank you for coming on board with Bagged and Boarded. Very, very cool. We couldn't be prouder, sir. I mean, it was kind of a no-brainer for me. Um, I've known Kevin for, for years uh, as a customer and as a creator. And I personally love everything he's ever done as well. I want all his DVDs and everything. But I don't, I don't gush like that in front of him. I just, <laughs> right keep on. it cool. We, yeah, keep yeah. It, we keep it straight. Like, oh, hey, hey bro. What, I gush because I like my job. No, I'm but, kidding. Um, you know, when I, uh, and also Ralph uh, Garman. Who, yeah, Ralph Salsen. Who I missed, apparently, by like five by, minutes uh, five today. Five minutes today. Yeah, he's a, he's a regular Wednesday customer. Could have had a and, uh, You know, he's got to get his comic books on. So, um, <laughs> you know, I was talking to him, and it was just really organic about how Golden Apple can get involved with the Smog Castle. And he said, oh, well, we got this comic book-centric show called Backed and Boarded that Matt does. And maybe that's a perfect fit for you and Kevin, you know. 
we, we worked this out yeah. and here I am. And now I'm in front of all these people and talking to all these millions of people online. What's up? Yeah. Oh, dude, there's like 12. We have like 12 million listeners. Like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's totally. like 13. Yeah. yeah. Oh, now we will. Um, <laughs> well, I'm here. So not totally. So we were talking about uh, growing up, going to the lo- our local comic book stores, but you had a, a kind of different experience. You could say that. With that. You, um, I, I used to tell people I was conceived in a comic book store. Do you know if that's not true? <laughs> well, if you, if you look at facts, I'm 37 and the store's 31 years old. So okay, I, impossible. It's actually impossible, but it's pretty close. Time machinery. Yeah. Uh, actually, my father, Bill Lebowitz, uh, the big kahuna, as a lot of people used to call him, uh, started this shop in uh, 1979. And it was just something that he was passionate about. He actually ran major companies like Trizec. He was the VP at Rhino Records. He worked for the 1984 Olympics as the Olympic director. I mean, he did all these amazing major, major things, worked with Dick Dale and everybody else. But deep down, he just wanted to own his own shop and just kind of gave it all up, all the, the big corporate stuff. And decided to open this little teeny dinky little comic book shop on Melrose Avenue across from Fairfax High School. And then it just grew. We moved. We expanded. Was he a big comic book fan always? Your he father? was a huge comic book fan as a kid. He grew up in Brooklyn. He had comic books, Marvel, marbles. I almost yeah, said yeah. Marvel. Yeah, my mom. Marbles too, and uh, records. Yeah, my so, parents are from Brooklyn too. So yeah, huge music buff. Uh, above all, you know, more than comics, he was a huge music buff. And when he moved out. When he was in his teens, his mom was like, you want to keep your comics, your your marbles, or your records? The and marbles! He actually he was like, oh, son, we got to talk about He actually value. kept his records, if you could believe it. Uh, which, not a bad call. They're yeah. still worth tons of money. Depends but, on um, what books he had, you know what I mean? He gave away all his really amazing comics. Imagine if he was like, yeah, I had 30 books, and they were all action number one. Pretty yeah. much. He, he told me stories about it, and now he owns a comic book store, and... You know, later in life, and it was like, oops, I, I should have opened a record store. No, totally, man. So you grew up, so you basically, so from the age of eight on... I grew up in the business, yeah. You I mean, I was com- buying the register, store, right? I was the kid sweeping the floor, cleaning the bathrooms, stocking the shelves. I grew up in the industry, and then as I got older and older, my father kind of, uh, you know, roped me in and showed me the business inside. You're the out. Harry to his Norman Yes. Except not evil that we know of. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you don't have an evil haircut like well, they I got do. Out, I got out for a little bit, kind of spread my wings for a bunch of years. I ran WonderCon in the Bay Area. And yeah, I absolutely. Yeah, in did San some Fran, work yeah. with uh, some other corporations and uh, fundraising events like uh, the AIDS Walk LA and, and New York and whatnot. And then I came back to comics um, in 1996, actually. Um, with unfortunate circumstances, my father passed away. Actually, sorry, so about that. No, make yeah. a brother cry up here. But uh, his his did too. We could have a sob fest. Right. Mine's yeah, alive. Right? Well, let's bring, let's bring the party back. <laughs> yeah. So, I, uh, I I took over the helm of the, the you know the most amazing comic book shop in the whole world. We got the the, the coolest shop. We uh, we call ourselves the comic book shop to the stars because we have all these celebrities that come in. We do signings all the time. I mean, if you haven't been there yet, yeah, it's, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, we got a big, beautiful shop with great selection, and, and you guys nice always staff. have crazy events. Like, crazy, like fun two nights events. from now, uh, uh, Tim Sale actually, who, will, who yes. we may meet in a little bit. I don't know Maybe. about that. Uh, he's doing a big uh, char- another charity thing for the Hero Initiative over at Golden Apple. Right? That's right. It's a two night event. We're starting here at the Smod Castle. Uh, broadcasting live, and then in uh, two nights on Friday night, we're going to have a live event at my shop. 
That's awesome, dude. And in the past, like you've done, and you've done crazy events in the past. If you look oh, on your yeah. website, like you did a Mignola BPRD thing recently, yeah, recently, where you were all dressed up like fucking BPRD members, yeah. and I was so jealous, I almost threw my computer screen off my balcony. Do that. We have guys like <laughs> freaking Gene Simmons and Gerard Way of Umbrella Academy signings. We had Olivia Munn recently. We did uh, a lot of bands. That's awesome, dude. It's, yeah, it's a lot yeah. of fun, you know. I get to meet a lot of amazing people. I have the greatest customers in the world, and and we're. I'm in an awesome industry. I guess it's still comic books for a living. This is the coolest thing ever. And you get to help out things like the Hero Initiative, which is a very good... Absolutely, yeah. That's what, right. What, what exactly... Let's, for those that don't know, let's... Hero Initiative... No, pretty much. You know, in a nutshell, we could talk to Tim. Yeah, we were going to say. I said we'd probably talk to Tim about that, but I mean, Brendo. It's a charity to help. I got a piece of paper here. What do you think's written on it? I love Brendo. I mean, that's written on there also, but there's also. I'm a, it's like the Johnny Carson show. I'll give you the short uh, a, The short answer is that the Hero Initiative helps out a lot of the older creators that never really got their uh, their pay or their just due for, for working and creating all these amazing absolutely. characters. Absolutely. Most of the Golden Age writers and, and artists and every everything had no rights to their characters, had right. no... I mean, Stan Lee is a big story who only recently in the last like 10 years started getting... Yeah. So money he's, from his he's one of those guys that but he could buy the world and, now so and, I mean, and now he's now he's doing okay for him so. yeah <laughs> now, he's doing, now doing? he's doing quite hit me all up right. Stan hit me up um, yeah, yeah, please. No, but but yeah, most of those old creators would get like what twelve cents a page or so, something yeah. obscene. Like yeah. uh, uh, Siegel and Schuster are actually the, probably the big uh, the biggest, right? Jerry Siegel and Joel Schuster, yeah, Superman. I mean, they they didn't have any. And Bob Kane. And Bo- Bob Kane, absolutely. With Batman, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, all the all the major characters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's a shame. So Hero Initiative is an amazing cause, and we'll talk about that. But the, the, uh, here we go. It's the first federally recognized not-for-profit organization dedicated to helping comic book creators, writers, and artists in need. So basically all these kind of older gentlemen now who, who never got paid for their amazing artwork uh, are, are now either either maybe ill or, or down on their luck. So this, this organization yeah. helps them out, and everything tonight goes straight to them. So you guys, Yeah, they don't have insurance. They live in mobile homes. They're living on food stamps. And they created, yada, yada, yada. And they created like characters that are on T-shirts the world, and movies, and yeah. like, it's insane. It's fucked up. And they, yeah, so you know, someone's got to help them out. Absolutely. So that's what the Hero Initiative does. We're doing our part. And you guys are all helping out. So give you guys a round yeah, of applause. Give yourselves yeah, a round yeah. of applause. Very cool. Your, your man. tickets tonight, uh, you know, going right to the the fund, and then Friday nights, all proceeds go there as well. Absolutely. So no, it's absolutely a great thing, man. But um, thank you for coming on, sir. We will, we, I have a feeling me. we will, we will speak to you more, man. There's a lot of exciting stuff coming up, right? We're gonna have some cool guests coming on the show. Oh, we're gonna have tons of stuff. That's one of the reasons Golden Apple came on board to be a sponsor was to bring more guests, keep this, you know, the comic books and the celebrities coming in here the same kind of people that come in my store and do signings and, and shop there all the time we want to bring them in here give them a new audience absolutely have, have them plug their new comic books totally and crossover stuff with golden apple you know absolutely. what i mean yeah yeah they do the sky as biop said yeah. sky's the limit man so That's tell right. all your friends wednesday night at the smod castle yeah, yeah. gonna be popping off absolutely well, thanks for having me thank guys. you for coming on man yeah yeah. Thanks, all right man. look forward yeah, to yeah, many more weeks of absolutely man all right buddy cool cool thank you we'll see you in a bit man but uh someone else who might be able to help us talk about the hero initiative and some other comic book awesome related comic stuff book stuff folks you may know the following gentleman as a world-renowned artist um Oh, I don't know. Maybe some books like Batman: The Long Halloween. Uh, you know, you've got he you got did, the color series. The color series: Hulk Gray, Captain America: White, Spider-Man Blue, Daredevil, Daredevil Yellow. Yellow. Absolutely, 
did uh, Superman and Man for All Seasons. He works with Jeff Loeb all the time. Recently Heroes. did Superman Confidential with Darwin Cook. Yeah. Uh, he did the artwork on Heroes. Without further ado, he doesn't need an introduction, folks, other than this. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to Bagna Boarded, Mr. Tim Sale. Thank you for being here, Thanks sir. Thanks for coming. Hello. <laughs> Hello. How are you tonight, man? Freezing. Freezing? This is yeah. Ke- Kevin Smith temperature. Yeah. Keep, comedy should be served at a, at, a, at a cold. Yeah, look at you. At a cold. I know. Yeah. It's, uh, we, we should have a warning outside. But yeah, it's uh, bring a jacket. No, but <laughs> thank you for being here, man. I really appreciate sure. it. So oh, we, we my were, pleasure. We were talking about, um, a little bit before we get into the Hero Initiative, uh, we were talking about uh, local comic book stores where we grew up and, and kind of our, mm-hmm. our childhood with comic books, what's your experience with that? You grew up in, in uh, Seattle. Seattle, right? You were, you were born in Ithaca. I did a little research. I so was. You, you're a fellow I, New Yorker, and then you grew up in Seattle, right? Uh, yeah, we moved uh, uh, to Seattle from the East Coast when I was six. Uh, and this, it was definitely the time when there were no comic book stores. Uh, and I really remember the first time that something opened. It wasn't just head shops or something like that <laughs> yeah. that would have some. And it wasn't just newsstands or things like that. Uh, there was a guy, there's a place called Pike Place Market. In, uh, it's a public market in Seattle. Uh, it's where they throw fish around. Absolutely. Yeah, the famous, yeah, 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 totally. Or real world, real world Seattle was shot there, right, yeah. Brendo? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's our MTV expert. <laughs> um, and uh, there are actually three levels of it. It's, it's by the waterfront. And on one of the lower levels, there was a... Uh, old lady who ran this bookstore and she had a son who was really into comics and he started out with this little sort of section in her bookstore uh, selling his own collection and uh, that expanded uh, it's called uh, Golden Age Collectibles so uh, and that was just unbelievable to me and that that there was uh, a store solely dedicated to to comic books well and memorabilia and stuff like that Uh, but it began just comics and um, it's a really successful store it um, I wish it emphasized comics more like Ryan's store does and stuff it's big on like statues and that kind of or yeah you know signed movie scripts and oh, like it's a collectibles no yeah absolutely yeah. no but yeah. yeah but so so you grew up a comic book fan from an early age were you, were you reading I learned how to read stuff or from comics really yeah uh, that's awesome well like I said I was six when we moved out to, to Seattle and my father would buy me comics to stay busy in the car and at first was just looking at uh, at the pictures, but I'm told that my the first word I could read was boom. Nice. <laughs> so that's uh, awesome. Uh, that makes sense. So it's, you know, if that's a lie, then no, it's yeah, a good lie. You go with it. Everything like comes full lie. circle, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Do you remember what was it? Was it superhero books right off the bat, or it was? Um, and then I stopped for a while, and then I got back in when I was about twelve. Uh, with Archie, I loved Archie. That's funny you mentioned that. I mean, did you heard me talking before? What is it about Archie that's so freaking? Well, the chicks were hot. The chicks yeah. were hot, and it's easy and light, and like you know, yeah. they get in a fucking jalopy, they go to like the the, the woods or something, and like Hang Reggie's out a, at the beach. Reggie's a dick. Moose is dumb. Betty and Veronica are hot. Like you know what you're getting into with Archie. It was just right. an easy read. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and this was Dan Carlo was doing a lot of the work. Absolutely, and, yeah. You know, uh, so that was a lot of it, and I remember sort of. 
I got to go to the store. I got to get some comic. I remember jonesing for him. And, um, and then it became, I went back to superhero comics a little bit after that um, and became fanatical. So by 13, I was really, really into it. Uh, and this was before the store uh, had opened. So it was really just uh, drugstores. Yeah, that's like where that, books right? would be, right? Just newsstands, five and dime, yeah. and stuff like yeah. that. I mean, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and do you remember any particular superheroes you were into specifically? Like, who were your big? Oh, I was a Marvel on? zombie, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. No, I I bought Stan's me, Patter line and sink. Me, I, I don't think I read any DC books as a kid. Actually, I, didn't. I was I, I didn't I was a Marvel guy, and then later in life, it's actually kind of it it flipped a few times, and now I'm really I really love the stuff DC does. You know what I mean? Uh huh. But it goes back and forth. But as a kid, I was it was make mine Marvel exclusively. Like, right. Yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, and um. But so then it was Spider-Man, FF, Daredevil were the first um, first ones I collected. Spider-Man especially. And uh, again, chicks were hot. No, oh, yeah. Uh, Ramita was just starting to draw him when I was getting into him. And uh, I remember being at school uh, when I was 14. And I was in an art class and I was reading a comic. And the teacher said... Why don't you fucking draw a comic? <laughs> and that's when I really started trying to get serious about about drawing a comic. At, at 14? Yeah. So bef- before that, you've just been an, kind of an avid reader. Have you ever... Now, I know they say a lot of... Uh, I, I read some interviews that a lot of people at an early age... like I, I, My mom has stories of me uh, drawing little... Like paneling out books and then writing word balloons with squiggly lines in them because I wasn't old enough to write words yet. Had you ever drawn any anything before that or... Oh, all, all my life I was drawing, but I'd never done anything like that. I never uh, thought, nothing comic, thought to nothing. do comics. Um, I may, may have drawn Spider-Man or Superman. or there, I have a drawing of Crypto, actually, that, really? uh, when I was about six. That's awesome. I would take Crypto uh, over Superman any day. Uh, <laughs> so it, uh, or the horse. Uh, but that's when I really, you know, so I was always drawing, but it was not uh, the horse. Yeah, right? Was, yeah. <laughs> um, or the monkey what was it Beppo um, Bopo he had a monkey in yeah, there too yeah, the yeah. Superman family yeah yeah they were like fuck throw anything in you got a chameleon <laughs> you put a cape on him it could change colors and shit uh, so, so, so it went from uh, so at about age 14 when that teacher was like hey instead of fucking reading books in my class why don't you want to actually do something mm-hmm. it suddenly clicked where you're like yeah why is that? I mean it all came down I became obsessive about it at that point too uh I created a character called Squirrel Squirrelius. <laughs> for some reason, it didn't last. Uh, but uh, <laughs> yeah. it was a it was a squirrel. Uh, <laughs> it would have been awesome if it was like a walrus or something. Um, yeah, right. Uh, what um, a misnomer. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and it was mostly just copying stuff. Uh, I I'd, I'd always obviously been into the art. Uh, I loved Stan's writing, but. Um, I was following artists really sort of from the get-go. I didn't know Dan DiCarlo's name, but I, he was the good you could, artist. You could for, tell, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. John Buscema, Jim Steranko, uh Ramita Sr., this is. And, uh, you know, so people like that, but all Marvel stuff. Um, and like and, the classic, and, and classic stuff. Marvel stuff, it too. Used to yeah. Really, yeah, it used to really piss me off that uh, Neil Adams was only working for D.C., uh, I didn't have enough money to buy a 12-cent comic 
just for the cover or something. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, and you see but all these those Phantom Stranger covers and the, the swamp things are fucking green stuff. arrows and yeah, stuff. I mean, everything yeah. you ever did. Yeah, yeah. Couldn't couldn't do it, and it, it was a lot of it was I was still drinking the Kool Aid for Marvel, but. Uh, but it used to really piss me off. What do you think that is? Because, uh, uh, like, you can't argue that the DC art has always been strong, but there's something, especially... Oh, I'll argue it. I think, you really? <laughs> yeah. I, I thought it was really bad. Really? Even, yeah. back, even back then, yeah? Wayne Boring doing Superman? That's I mean, a really yeah. his name. Wow. <laughs> and he drew like it. And No, no, I th- that was one of the things was that, that the really... Big- made me choose Marvel was that they had the best artists I thought I, uh, I, and they were much more experimental they credited their artists well, I mean, so Starango you could, and those you guys could, yeah, I mean yeah yeah. but a lot of times DC wouldn't credit uh, and most places didn't credit um, I see what you're saying yeah, yeah. and uh, right also right around that time I'm colorblind me so, too I was telling, wait a minute Brendo I've known you for like five years are you colorblind well, red. You green. came out of the closet before you told me you were colorblind. <laughs> I, I can't differentiate between certain colors, like, um, like yeah, red. Like we you know what? Well, basically, you know, they do the test, and you're supposed to see something in the right. dots. I don't see shit in the dots. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I think they're like twenty, thirty different yeah, forms different of colorblind. Kinds. So how how what is it like for you? Like do you. Are you completely colorblind? No, 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 no. Uh, I, but I, the easiest thing for me to say is that I can't create with color. I can't go, you know what looked really good right next to this color is this other yeah. color and that kind of thing. I see color, um, and I, I uh, give my notes to colorists and, and things like that that I work with. But um, That's so interesting. Yeah, yeah, that, well, it's, it's actually pretty common in, in comics. John Byrne is colorblind. Alex Toth was colorblind. Wow. Because um, usually there's somebody else coloring this yeah. stuff. No, yeah, yeah. So it's kind of the one so, thing where you can get away with that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I brought that up because uh, also when I was a teenager, I discovered the, the Warren books, Creepy and Eerie and Vampirella, which all black and white and magazine-sized. And yeah. they really took a lot of advantage of using a lot of black. Toth worked in there. But even people like uh, you know Gene Colan, who was a Daredevil artist f- that I knew in, in Marvel Comics forever. Was doing experimental um, shit over it. I mean, yeah, crazy and, stuff. And, and yeah. using a lot of... I mean, there were a lot of different techniques. There was sort of etching-looking things, and there was a lot of wash, which is now sort of what I'm... One of the things I'm known for. Um, so would you say that would be one of your biggest influences, those black and white... Yes, absolutely. ...magazine-sized, other than superhero books? I mean, and I didn't realize that I was colorblind at that point, so it, uh, it, it just made sense to me later that, oh, yeah, sure, no, that's why. I really <laughs> responded to the... You know, it's also why, you know, I love... Frank Miller's uh, Sin City work. Uh, why I respond to Toth because he used so much black. My, that, my, Mignola. I, mean, I was just going to say, Mike, I'm a Hellboy devotee, and Mignola. I mean, in yourself, Mignola, uh, a guy Alex Malie. I mean, everyone. That's mm-hmm. the thing now is to is to. I, I love it though. I mean, it had such a different dimension. Your work doesn't look like the traditional comic book shit, and I think that's the highest compliment. You know what I mean? Yeah. No. Absolutely. I. I, I it's it's I was a influenced unique. a lot as I. Uh, also, as I grew up with, um, uh, as soon as they became a little more available to me and I was making a little money, uh, European comics. Um, and I think a lot of my, I can't draw, I tried to draw, I did a Wolverine uh, Gambit miniseries that I think was just terrible. And <laughs> I, but I was really trying to draw as commercial as I could and just 
took all the life out of it. You know, it didn't. Uh, no, so, so, so I just have to. I'm I'm more of a expressionistic artist. You know, I like to really exaggerate for effect and uh, you know let let uh, realism. So what were the f- what were the first other than squarely was it squarely? <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, what were what were some of the first uh, uh, things you remember drawing, like fourteen, fifteen years old, before before uh, you became a professional artist, as it were? Like what, what you know, you were just copying stuff out of yeah, books I was. for the most um, part. And then I got uh, I got really into Conan, uh, and that was sort of easier because it was you know you weren't drawing flying cars or anything like that. No, yeah. And, um, <laughs> Buscema used to talk about that's why he liked doing Conan more than anything else. Because you didn't have to do the sci-fi shit? Well, he he found it more real. But I read all the... uh, I mean, it's bullshit because none of it's... I mean, obviously it isn't real. Um, (laughs) It's like calling Neil Adams a realistic artist. He's so not. But but a lot of it was based on on, uh, uh, photographs. And uh, 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 he brought in a lot of techniques from uh, commercial art which is what he was into before he was into the comics. And uh, nobody had ever seen anything like it. Uh, there was double lighting and lots of uh, effects that were... Uh, people somehow just took it as real because it uh, a lot of it was based on photographs. And so... It, it, but, no, it... it uh, I read all the Conan books. I used to have a... Um, an Eisenhower jacket, which is a short army coat, and had big pockets, and I would always carry at least four of the Conan paperbacks <laughs> with me, and read them and read them and read so them. So you were big into read ed- them. the adventure stuff and the pulp stuff, and well, no, it was pretty much just Conan. Was it strictly Conan? Yeah, yeah, yeah I didn't. Yeah. I, I wasn't exposed to the other stuff for a long, long time, um, and I so I did a lot of Conan drawing. Um, I fell in love with Frazetta, you know, around the no, same absolutely, time. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Uh, Frazetta was doing uh, a lot of the Creepy Neary covers at the beginning, too, and that was really great. Um, so it seems like all your influences don't, like, a, a few of them come from mainstream comics, but it's such a it's such a random pull together from almost, because you got... Right. Yeah, right, I mean, would right. you say that's fair? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Um, and it was... So that all my copying and uh, the shit I made up, I'm not, I'm not really much of a storyteller in, in that I'm not a writer. Um, so I don't have ideas. I remember I used to, I started maybe 20 different books and I... But trying to do your own book of writing and drawing. Get two yeah, pages yeah. into it and, you know, fuck And it. you're like, it's a squirrel dude again. Right, you're like, that's right, all I got. Right, that's right, all I got right. story-wise. But I used fucking to carry squirrel. a pad around uh, all through high school and uh, I still have a lot of them. That's of your original. Pretty fucking awful. That's awesome, man. Yeah, no, but, I mean, come on, how cool is that? But that's how you. No, that's what you do. No, totally. Um, so after high school, speaking of which, so after high school, you uh, you decided to go to school, college for art, right? Uh, yeah. Well, I went to uh, the University of Washington in Seattle for two years and was an art major. Uh, it was a lot of fun drawing. I remember being really scared of drawing. Oh my god, I'm gonna have to draw a nude, and am I gonna just go crazy and I not be able to control myself. <laughs> You're like, uh, I can't fucking do this. Come here. And, and I, uh, fortunately everybody was hideous so that uh, <laughs> it wasn't a big deal. You're like, I think that's the guy who drew um, Batman. <laughs> um, uh, but, and life drawing was sort of the only thing. I was a terrible student. Uh, life drawing was the only thing I was really good at. And I knew I was good at it. Again, black and white. 
um, a lot of charcoal and stuff like that. And uh, I did wash drawings also there. But uh, and then I went to the School of Visual Arts in New York City for about six months. I did about the exact same stint at the SVA of about six months. And, yeah. and I really realized I did not want to be in school. That was my exact yeah. move. It actually yeah. took me one more school in Burlington, Vermont, to realize that school wasn't going to do anything. Yeah. For, I mean, if, yeah. you're, if no. you want to be an artist in any sense of the word, I really don't think, I don't know. It was all about convention and... and well, it, which is important. I, I, got, I got really depressed there also because I, uh, I took to the John Buscema, I had a workshop at the Biltmore Hotel, I think. Oh, wow. And um, once a week, uh, he taught uh, a month. John Romita Sr. taught a month, and Marie Severin taught a month. Wow. wow. Yeah, I know. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. And uh, I got depressed because I couldn't figure out storytelling rules. And it's, so it's very odd to me that somehow, osmosis later, I... I got to be pretty good at that and it's one of the things I'm known for is storytelling and it's sort of an old-fashioned storytelling I don't draw old-fashioned but the storytelling part of it you can follow my books without reading them yeah you don't just exactly. in a, ba- in no, a basic absolutely. sense um, and uh, that's exactly what I couldn't get <laughs> and, and when I was in school and uh, so I gave it up for a while I did a lot of fantasy illustration and that kind of stuff for about 10 years and uh, well, that's, I was I, almost thirty when I got back in. Oh, I was reading up on it. You got, you got, you started doing. It, it was um, they were uh, Robert Lynn Aspern, like fan. You did, you were doing fantasy novels, right? Adaptations of uh, it was called Thieves World, and it was a it was a real popular series of uh, short stories, fantasy short stories uh, in the seventies and eighties. It was really popular and uh, not very good. But, <laughs> Um, I mean, it was the seventies. There wasn't much they, going they, on. Um, to this com- the Golden Age collectibles came through. Um, they would bring people in, and Richard and Wendy Peeney came through, and they were riding high on ElfQuest, and they were looking to expand a little bit uh, into publishing other stuff. And eventually, that led to me uh, meeting Bob and Lynn, uh, Robert Asprin and Lynn Abbey, uh, who were married at the time. Bob has since passed away, but. Um, they wanted to do Thieves Rope books. And they wanted to find somebody who wasn't going to ask for very much money and uh, who they could sort of boss around. And uh, so that was me. And that was your I, first I, commercial I, work? or That was my... Well, I, not commercial, I, but I inked... Uh, for Warp Graphics, I, I inked a, a series... I did about, I don't know, 12 issues of... Uh, was called Myth Adventures, and it was drawn by Phil Folio, drawn uh-huh. and written by Phil Folio, and uh, that was pretty awful. <laughs> and and then that led to Thieves World, and, um, and Thieves World led to straight to comic books, or so. Well, I realized when that was winding up that I didn't, I didn't, I still didn't really have a career. I mean, I'd done all this drawing and I'd gotten better. But it's not like you go from that to Spider-Man. I mean, yeah. you know, so... Uh, like, I drew part 12 of fucking Goblin's Quest. Can right. I, can I have the reins to the most popular character in the 21st right, century? Right, right, exactly. Yeah. And I I, uh, I asked around, and um, somebody said, well, what you got to do is you got to go to San Diego. And it, this is when San Diego was... A still, com- Comic-Con, you mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it was, uh, very, it was still very small. 
Yeah, it was quite small. It was. It was at that hotel. Like it was. It was in the hotel. I can't remember the name of it. Yes. Yeah, downtown down, 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 right. in San Diego, and I remember going once when it was like tiny, and I was. It kind of freaked me out because it was all these well. It was it was sort of medium sized when when I was there, but nothing yeah. like what it is now. No, a, a tiny a compared thing. to what it is now, yes, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was like Ramada Ramada ballroom creepy kind of con or whatever. <laughs> I mean, it was a little. It was a step. Where it's guys hawking Christmas specials of Star Wars. You know what I mean? It was better than that. He's it like, I got more in my van. No, yeah. yeah. Um, they had been around for a long yeah, time. Yeah, a long time. Uh, Phil Suling, I think, was the anyway. Um, so you headed straight out and, from and New York. And the very first con that I went to, uh, I met an editor for DC uh, named Barbara Randall. Um, and she's still, she married Carl Kiesel and then divorced Carl Kiesel. And, but she's still around. I saw her at Long Beach this weekend or whenever that was. Yeah, that was, yeah last weekend. And, um, weekend before. I showed her some stuff. I'd been, you know, I, my samples were like, uh, Jaime Hernandez actually sort of he was a big influence around that time on me and she said well it's pretty good Jaime Hernandez but we, I don't really have anything like that uh, but unbeknownst to me that she had uh, already been in touch with uh, with Jeff Jeff was a this Jeff Loeb. With Jeff Loeb yeah of course who, who, uh, yeah. Jeff was a screenwriter and producer in Hollywood and he'd written a, a, a flash script uh, that never got produced, which is how Hollywood worked most of the time. And uh, Jeanette Kahn was the publisher of DC at the time. And she said, well, I'm sorry that didn't work out, but you know, how'd you like to write some comics? And uh, he just went apeshit. Uh, yeah, great. That, awesome. That was how Jeff Loeb got um, into writing books. Uh, right, and he was exactly <laughs> like what you were talking about. How do you jump from this to that? And... Uh, so they asked him what he wanted to do, and he said, Superman. <laughs> no, you don't start on Superman. And, and it, we eventually worked our way down the list uh, to the challenges of the unknown, <laughs> uh, which I'd never heard of. I, you know, I was I a far way down the I wasn't, list. I wasn't yeah, a DC. Yeah. yeah, no, Jeff just went. I mean, you know, he must have hit every, every single major character. He did. No. Catman. No. They're like, no, 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 no. 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 And it was a time Rag when... Ragman. Uh, <laughs> It was a time when there was a lot of experimenting going. You know, Watchmen was around, and uh, I also met uh, Diana Schutz and Matt Wagner at that same show. Who you wound up doing, working and, on with Grendel? And, and Grendel yeah, was yeah. very experimental for a long time, and uh, so we just tried everything we could. Um, threw a lot of shit at the wall, and Jeff drove me insane because. <laughs> You know, he, one of the things that he makes jokes about now, but it was absolutely true. He would, uh, all his terms are, are movie terms, and a lot of people use movie terms uh, in, in Close comics up, anyways. that kind of stuff. Camera shots. No, absolutely, and, you know, yeah, yeah. Thing. They do like and, a shot list, as it were, um, yeah. Right, and so I would, you know, he he describes something to me, and I draw it, and he'd go, that's really great. Can you, like, shift it over about 20 degrees, <laughs> bring it in closer, as though... You're like, homie, I you fucking mean, drew this. <laughs> you mean redraw it. That's what yeah, you're doing. Yeah, they're like, you know? there's, I, I don't have a magical hand and where I can like... Yeah, yeah. So um, <laughs> there was a lot of redrawing and, and working it out. And we worked different ways through the years. But about five years in, we really figured it out. It's a, to find that communication where yeah. he, you would know exactly what he was talking yeah. about. And vice versa. We did it a lot. You know, I was in Seattle and he was in L.A. And... Uh, we would have five-hour phone conversations so that would, where he would describe a book to me. 
Um, and I would I would bring out my pad. What he had done was um, write out on a, a yellow legal pad just beats in the story, and then he would take a credit card and draw little rectangles, 22 little rectangles on a sheet, and then call me up, and I would do the same thing on my end, and he would describe panels to me. And, and you would like quickly, that. whatever, yeah. And we got to be really good friends that way. We're very different as people, but uh, we had a lot of, we're about the same age, and a lot of the same cultural touch points. Um, a lot of comic stuff, you know, draw yeah, it like yeah. Neil Adams, you know, do something like that. And uh, you remember that time when that kind of thing. Yeah. So you guys so. started your first book was Challengers of the Unknown over at yeah, DC. Yeah. And then from that, that I mean, you, uh, you, you, you and Jeff Loeb kind of have one of the prolific relationships in modern day comics. I mean, uh, among the hit list or in the Batman books, first and foremost, uh, there's, um, well, we did three Halloween specials. There's long Halloween. I mean, I don't know what was the chronological order on them. It was a uh... well. The, the there were three individual books called the Halloween specials. They came out on Halloween, uh, and they were double sized books. And oh, this, okay, yeah, and yeah. that was before Long Halloween. That's before Long Halloween. So it started. It started with that, right? Right. And then it went uh, Long Halloween, and from that it became uh, Haunted Night and Dark Victory and, and all that stuff, right? I'm, well, Haunted Night is a collection of the three Halloween Okay, specials. so school me on this, sir, because <laughs> I've had these books for years, but the problem is I no, wasn't... Fine. I, I got them in trade, so I never knew the, the genesis of where they all right. came from. Okay, cool, yeah, yeah. Right. So there were three one-shot Halloween specials every year for three years, or... For three years. For three years, and that, and that became Haunted Night. Yes, and then that the collection of that is called Haunted, Haunted Night. Night. That led to Long Halloween. It did. Actually, it wasn't collected until after Long Halloween was a success. Oh wow! So yeah. they decided that so, was when the whole that's right. when the three books came out, and that's right. why I get so fucking confused now. You know what right. I mean? Um, we did that, and then we uh, that was a lot of Batman over the years, and uh, Jeff had always been in love with Superman, and we were selling enough comics now that uh, we could sort of do what we. I mean, after people would let us do what we wanted because these were books were a huge success. I mean, in in the pantheon of Batman books, I mean, uh, especially I think Long Halloween maybe is up there with like Killing Joke, and I mean, it's one of the great Batman, in my personal opinion, stories of all time and books of all time. And Nolan based uh, Batman right. Begins on it, and a lot of the Dark Knight stuff. So right. it's prolific. So from that, you guys were instantly name brands, right? And it kind of well. Pretty quickly, yeah. I mean, and it, it did sell well in this funny way that I... Uh, a lot of that was Jeff uh, also um, because the mystery really drew people in. Yeah, I maybe mean, he was terribly worried about it because he's not really a plot guy. He's more of a character guy. And uh, he was so scared that people would guess, you know, a month in, they would guess the mystery. The and, ending, uh, yeah. I mean, Kevin was uh, the same and way And then with what the hell do we do? Book? What are we doing now? <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I was a little. Jeff had always wanted to do Superman, and I always said, nah, yeah, yeah. I, I, will, I like to use on a black. And, um, but after all this Batman, I remember calling him and saying, I had an idea about how to do a Superman story. And I had uh, become friends with Mark Giarello, who's the art director at, at DC. And he knew an awful lot of shit that I didn't know. He knew an awful lot of uh, illustrators, uh, commercial illustrators um, through the 20th century. And Rockwell was one of them. And, uh, and I said to Jeff, I want to do a sort of Rockwell-y Americana thing. And um, he was so excited. I remember we, <laughs> we hung up and he called me back 
20 minutes later and said, man, this is just a great... He was probably waiting for that moment. He's like, um, finally, yeah, I get to be yeah. done with this dark stuff. Superman! <laughs> and then I, uh, I started drawing it, and they hated it. <laughs> DC hated it. And, uh, and this they thought they were the, getting the Batman The Batman guy, books right again, yeah, yeah. Um, and plus, I, you know, I, I had an idea that I wanted him to be, look like a corn-fed country boy and be huge... Because he didn't need to go work out, because uh, he's an alien, and yeah, um, that would make and sense. And so I so. wanted to have <laughs> the uh, give the sense of just being powerful, just stand in there. And uh, DC hated it, and then it did well. And we're, and we're talking about Superman for all seasons, right? <laughs> right. Absolutely, yeah, right. Yeah. And then it did well, and I I won an Eisner for it, and so then they were like, okay, well, <laughs> I guess we let him do what he wants yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Um, Superman is five hundred feet tall. Uh, uh, <laughs> but then we came back to Batman and did uh, uh, Dark Victory. But again, I needed to come around to Jeff wanted to do Robin. And I, I hate that fucking kid. <laughs> Jeff, so you can see the difference. He's a DC guy, and that's before when I was talking about DC for a moment. That was what, the point I didn't get to bring up. Marvel had the fucking edge to it. It was yeah. those were the cool. That was why I didn't read DC as a kid because DC yeah. was Superman to me is the most corny character. And I read yeah. Superman books, but he's fucking infallible. He's just a fuck. He has no. Well, that's why it has to be about. You have other to human, stuff. Absolute, to make it a fun book, kind of absolutely, right, yeah, right, yeah. Like right. like your work with with Darwin Cook on Super, that was a fantastic book on the Superman Confidential. That was pretty weird for me. I dig um, Darwin Cook stuff a lot, man. He's um, also I, I think Darwin is well. Darwin is my favorite guy working in comics. He's now. fucking genius, and he's also such a. I met him a few times at Con, and he's such like a throwback, like kind of. I don't like know, and you, oh, he is like he Rat Packy, yeah. like yeah. fucking hate, like with the hats and shit. Like it was, very, he's the coolest thing ever. That he's dude, a very yeah, cool yeah. dude, right? Uh, well, he's a little bit crazy too, but <laughs> aren't we but all though? He's really <laughs> prolific. Uh, he can write and draw like nobody's business. Absolutely. Um, if you guys don't know. Uh, uh, Darwin Cook, he did uh, uh, DC New Frontier, right? Yep. And uh, absolutely, he, did, he does. He's doing a book now. Um, the 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 adaptation based on the Parker Donald, absolutely the Stark based on book, the Donald the, Westlake books yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and and he's I'm not a big fan of the Westlake books but uh, I'm a huge fan of Darwin's and so I love to see what he's doing he he designs really well he came out of animation and commercial art he worked with Bruce Tim on the Batman animated absolutely series. on the Dini yeah uh, especially the um, Batman Begins uh, the the, with the kid, the new design. Um, that's what it was, wasn't it? Batman what you, Begins? With the movie? Or you talking no, about no, no, no. Fan, Beyond. Beyond. Batman Beyond, yeah, yeah. There you go, there you go. Thank you. <laughs> uh, Thanks, nerds. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I think the story was that he... Um, I thought it was a great opening sequence with the, the music uh, and everything, and I think the story is that Darwin did that on his computer as a sort of... I got this idea, that's so funny. Uh, yeah. and that went right to. Uh, and that's the actual thing yeah. that got used. That's yeah. the actual thing that got used. So, but you bring it back to Superman. So, so um, yeah, I, I, he, he. So Jeff treads in the lighter Robin esque world, and and you're more like fucking. Let's kill Robin and split him open and have Batman eat him. I well, mean, maybe not I, that. I, but. I was dating a, a woman who was a, a mother of an eight year old boy, and that was really tough for me to figure out how to sort of get into that world and family and Jeff, the genius of what Jeff figured out was to put that into Robin so that 
they weren't old old chum, right? The, 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 and, they, and it was no not gay or anything. No, no, like no that. it was awkward. But like... but he's a orphan, just like uh, just like Batman and. Uh, it's like three men and a baby. And it's like and awkward. He's cranky, well, but yeah. Batman is like, stop moving around. Well, you know, stop. You, uh, you know, you're pissing me off. <laughs> and that was me and Trevor, who was uh, <laughs> uh, the boy. And so um, that made suddenly it made sense. And that's how you found you found a reason to to bring Robin. Yeah, I mean, yeah. if Robin's done right, it's a cool character. It's only been done right how many times? You know what I mean? Yeah, not very often. There was that boner issue. You guys read that Batman's oh, the, Biggest Boner or whatever? Have you ever seen that? It's the reprint? <laughs> no. It's, uh, they always reprint online. There's, there's an issue about... Like, they say early, the word boner like They say the word boner times. like uh, 10 oh, times oh, per oh, panel. Oh, yeah. like, like, I got a boner yeah. for Batman. And jo- and Joker's, it's called Boner of the Week, and Joker's like, I, I've got the biggest boner this week. Batman thinks his boner will be bigger, but like... I, did, I like to entertain myself with that. Um, it's like <laughs> giant-sized man thing. So, so that's your DC work, but you've, you also worked with Jeff Loeb... Um, on the on the other side of the table, right for Marvel, for Marvel during all the, the color books, right, right, and 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 amongst them you've got Hulk Gray, Spider Man Blue, Daredevil Yellow, right, and now Captain America White, Captain America White, right. I've got a few suggestions, sir. Punisher Fuchsia, <laughs> Green Lantern Green, Garfield Black, that's a great one. Garfield, Garfield Black. Black, yeah. <laughs> She's a really pink. dark Garfield book. No, but I'm sorry. Uh, so Captain America waits a new one. So what was the genesis? How did you guys uh, jump jump across the channel, as it were? Well, um, Marvel used to have this imprint called Marvel Knights, and that was a little more uh, those are the darker edgy and stuff. And Kevin worked with the uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, that was which yeah. was also run by Casada. Yeah. Um, uh, which before, before Casada was editor of Marvel, yeah, he yeah. had Marvel the imprint Marvel Knights was his own thing, and that right. was. Yeah. That was kind of like what the M imprint is now, I think, or Max, excuse me. I think it kind of. I guess. I, I guess know. you would kind of say Marvel yeah. Max or whatever, yeah. but yeah, it was the darker stories or whatever. And yeah. uh, Joe and Jeff were pretty good friends, and still are friends. And um, once we were up with, um, uh, God, what, which how did it go? Did we do Catwoman? No, we went back and did Catwoman. So it was um, once we were up with uh, Dark Victory. We jump ship, went over to uh, to Marvel. Is that and, and Daredevil Yellow was the first one that we did. Is that is there anything like weird about that politics wise ever? Is it such like a me. Coke and Pepsi thing? Not for you because you're an artist, and they, but for Jeff maybe or. Um, no, but I think probably not for Jeff. But they're very competitive with each other. It uh, seems the, they the now they are. sign the exclusive deals. That's their big right. thing, right? Yeah, right. yeah. They lock right. people down, but I mean. So, so you guys went from DC to Marvel, and and how did the color books come about? That was more. Uh, I picked the the characters that I I wanted to do um, because I was the Marvel guy growing up, right? You're like, I'll pick the and, four main and, characters um, you have, please. Well, uh, <laughs> uh, and Kevin and and um, Kevin had taken then the Daredevil well, stuff, it, right? Yeah, but that had really revived interest in the character, and I knew that I wanted to do it. Uh, in in ink wash, because I wanted it to really sort of be an homage to New York City, and I thought that would be the way to really get it going. And and by that point, uh, computer coloring was more sophisticated. It, you know, when it began, it was all just crummy Photoshop stuff, and or or sort of an image look with lens flares and things like that. But there was um, uh, the ability to 
make my gray work look like paint. And um, that led to the hero's work and things like that. But that, that was the first one we did. Are you did. coloring your... Of, 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 uh, and when you say well, that... Well, ink wash is diluted. Yeah, let's, let's explain that for people okay. who might not know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I, what I'm doing essentially is I always ink my own work. Uh, I'm penciling, inking, and then adding gray tones with dilutions of, of ink. And then that is scanned and colored in the computer. Over, so it's already shade. It's uh, it's the shading is already the shading there. is already done, and the color just goes on top of that. And that's yeah. why it has that unique kind of look. All your work always, when it's colored, it always kind of you can tell. You know what I mean? Right. That's or the newer stuff. So that's what ink wash is. That's what ink wash is. And we uh, Spider Man was not done that way because I wanted a more sort of pop look. And uh, when we did the Hulk, only the figure of the Hulk is done with with gray wash. Uh, and that was sort of to echo the, you know, the, the first movie, uh, was going to come out the, the, you know, the awful Eric Bana and the Ang Lee uh, one. Yeah, one yeah. Right? But that was, you know, it was like, oh, okay, CGI. I used so to we'll, defend we'll that make movie. Him look- there was a moment in time where I was such a fucking comic book geek and I was like, it's like a ballet. Shut up. <laughs> that was when Derek clapped up in the booth. Derek, you like that one? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's what that is, and uh, but they were Jeff had a really hard time at first figuring out what to do because we were going to go back. What we tend to do is tell early stories uh, of of Batman and Superman and um, or whoever, and we were going to be retelling certain runs of, especially with Spider Man, certain runs of uh, my favorite. Comics and so Jeff, well, how, where's where do I fit in with that? How do I, you know what can I come up with? And I think Jeff's one of Jeff's best pieces of work is the uh, Daredevil Yellow. Absolutely, he's got a really strong affinity for father son stories, and uh, that ran right through all that. And um, uh, I mean, Jeff's a dad, and um, so it that's what led to that. And then we went back and did a Catwoman story in Wash. Um. There's a lot of work in a, you know, it, it's not an industry where people usually ink their own stuff. I was going to say, because it seems, t- it's got to be time consuming too, because whereas another artist would do and just send it off, you've got to almost double, double work. Yeah, every, I've got two jobs. Every image. Every yeah. month, right? Uh, know, two and, paychecks uh, too though, right? Uh, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> and what? <laughs> two paychecks too though, right? I said I was kidding. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, but no, yeah, and no, I get absolutely. to keep all the work. And it's your it's your work. You get to keep all the originals and you get to right. do whatever for charity like you do you give out a lot of sketches and that kind of thing. Absolutely. No, right. I mean Yeah. No, I, for those who don't know the uh usually the art is divvied up between the penciler and the anchor. Uh, a tracer, as Kevin like, called it, if, if you right. guys remember chasing Amy. Uh, Fucking tracer. Yeah. 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 No. Tracer chalkline. But one neck. of the one of the ways that I I learned to do it was to um, I don't have to pencil really tight uh, because you know that you're because gonna... I know what I'm going to do and I can leave a lot of it to the ink and let the let the ink do a lot of the drawing and uh, another reason to use a lot of black cover up a lot of area. <laughs> um, but it's uh but that's got to be liberating though because you're not so is. i mean you could just kind of go it is i i know that i would be really bored just doing one or the other um i'm kind of done with ink wash uh at least for well i, I cap is an ink wash but um, so cap white will be the it's last. a lot of lot of work <laughs> it's inking it twice really and uh a lot of thought process going into it and so 
So, so the next, the on to new ventures for you. We'll see what the next style is, right? Maybe do it in, in uh, Jello or something. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm thinking of me- new mediums, folks. I'm a Renaissance man. Don't don't uh don't laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, but, uh, so other than your comic book work, you, uh, you and Jeff were involved on the television program Heroes, right? Right. How, right. how did that come about? Because that's kind of... Uh, well, uh, Jeff wrote Teen Wolf. Yeah. yeah. And, the most uh, ridiculous and yet ridiculously good movie ever made. Yeah, it's like, why didn't no one shoot that thing? They let him play basketball and everyone was like, go werewolf, man. Like, <laughs> reality flies out the window in Teen Wolf. But, uh, um, and the studio really wanted a Teen Wolf too, which was one of the worst movies. Ever. Yeah. Bateman. And uh, Jeff refused to do it. Someone likes it in the audience. Who here likes Teen Wolf too? Be proud of it, man. Come on, give a... Give a I think Bateman, I think Bateman is great, but the movie... The movie is fucking... Oh, it's, it's, un, yeah, it's unwatchable. Um, which makes it very watchable if you're uh, friendly yeah. with a bong or something, if you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> it's a good late night flick. And so the studio hired, Jeff made a deal with the studio. Jeff had a writing partner, Matthew Wiseman at the time, and they both wrote Team Wolf. And they made a deal with the studio that they would give notes for a week. They'd come up with an idea, give notes uh, to a screenwriter for a week. That screenwriter was Tim Kring. Uh, who was fresh out of film school, a little punk kid, and uh, years later, and they remained sort of friendly through the years. What were the notes for? It in the, do you do you know what the original? How they what, what Tim Crane was the original job or? No, I don't know. Okay, right on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, let's pretend it's something. It was. Uh, well, he he was. I, mean, I think this was his first work, and uh, so they just. They sat down for a week and r- ran the story over and. Uh, that began Tim's career. Okay, and so then, yeah, and then yeah. he 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 uh, had one of the only long-running successful dramas on NBC, uh, which, in the process of after must see TV, uh, just drove itself into the ground for a long time, and that was Crossing Jordan. Oh wow, really? I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, no, that's his baby. Oh wow, yeah, yeah. And that was a uh, huge show. Yeah. One day I get a phone call from Jeff saying there's this guy and he's never read a comic uh he's he doesn't know anything Jordan he doesn't know anything guy. about him um but he's written this new script called heroes and people have superpowers and i, I they did a lot of the same jeff tells me the, they did a lot of the same stuff they'd take long walks and spring <laughs> would come up with stuff like you know i know there oh i got this great idea for a character he, he's he has magnetic powers and he can throw things. At, no, that's Magneto. Uh, uh, Magneto, and and uh, so the, it was a lot of shooting down of, uh, of ideas. But he did come up with this script. And claws. It's all got to be about got? claws, right, right. and they can go blicked. Uh, that's not going to work either. Uh, buddy. <laughs> um, and what he wanted was illustrations for the script in order to make it more saleable to. Uh, the studio for like a package or as it yeah. were to put yeah yeah so I talked to Kring oh and I, I uh, he called Jeff and said who do you recommend you know artists and it, they've got to be local they got to be fast they got to be good Jeff recommended me I talked to Kring uh, and the next thing I knew it was sold I did maybe three or four illustrations uh, like like character con- conceptual design stuff or. More like illustrations, uh, so of, not. Um, I mean, the one of the drawings that I did was of the atom bomb 
So the um, ones that the ones your original drawings are some of the ones that wound up no, as Isaacs no. in the show, but 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 the ideas ideas of them. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Uh, and originally Isaac had painted. He'd um, locked himself to uh, uh, locked himself up in the studio and locked himself to a, a radiator. And but then he he ends up cutting his hand off and he paints on the wall, and he doesn't survive it. But he paints on the wall New York City exploding in an atom bomb explosion, and that morphed into what the show was. And so I get a call from Kring saying. Uh, can you come to the my office? And I said, okay, sure. And uh, he said, how's your painting? And I said, well, I'm colorblind. It sucks. But <laughs> there's a computer over there. Let's go to my website, timsale1.com. There you go. And, <laughs> um, and I'll show you what I do, how we do it uh, in comics. And fortunately, the ink wash looked a lot like paint. So all that stuff was not really paintings. They were ink washed drawings on comic book paper. Over pencil? Really? That they blew? Oh, well, over ink. Uh, and, yeah, 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 yeah. And regular um, old, yeah. And then it was the same process. You scan it and then you blow it up and print it on canvas and it looks like a painting. Wow. So all those paintings, for those of you who don't know, uh, know, in the show Heroes, there's a character, Isaac Mendez, who was, became kind of a, 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 I don't know, savant. His, his power was that he would black out and do a painting. Um, Predicting the Unconsciously. future. Unconsciously. Yeah. And they were all predictions of the future. And and you um, were responsible for all the artwork and all the paintings, which yeah. was like the pivotal plot line of the show. And then there was the comic book, Ninth Wonder, which... Well, that was these are all props, you know. And I was really technically a part of the prop department. And there was never really a, a full comic. Uh, I would do panels, and then they would color it, and uh, they'd just be close-ups of no, yeah. you know somebody reading it. Here, the... Hiro Nakamura would be reading it and stuff like that. But yeah, it was all, the art was part of the plot, a uh, big part of the plot. It drove the plot. Um, and as it should on, a, on, a, on, what's, on yeah. what's basically a comic book show and a celebration of, of, I mean, a lot of people in the past have, have gotten down in it for, you know, oh, that episode is Days of Future Past or this episode is that, but I see it more as, as a celebration of, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's yeah, like, and it's all, all the more odd that Kring to this day has never read a comic. That, and the fact that, yeah, that's, and I remember reading an interview in the, back yeah. in the day of him being like, I didn't steal anything, I've never fucking read this stuff. Like, right. yeah, he channeled, like, you know, some of this, and it's just, I guess, that common, commonality, what's that idea of uh, shared consciousness or whatever. Right, you know, and plus, you know, flying, invisibility, that's all pretty Healing standard. Healing standard. I mean, a lot of It's hard to and, think of a new superpower. Yeah. yeah. Now that I think about it. Fucking, uh... Squirrely is is it? <laughs> well, later on in the show, they definitely started reaching into the superpower. They were tapping bargain bin there. They were grabbing some pretty yeah. random shit. I'm yeah, sure. yeah. No, the the first season was great. I watched the first two seasons, and I'm not gonna lie, I, I kind of slowed down a little bit. But the first two seasons were were fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Did Isaac first one especially? Absolutely. No, yeah, yeah. No, it was a really, it really was a fun show. And then they put out that 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 great uh, trade paperback, the hardcover. Yeah, that was those that was uh, online comics. Those uh, were the were, online comics they collected and yeah, then with the your comics. with your with your covers in in between, right? Or Yeah. Well, the chapter breaks the, the ch- would be some yeah. of the artwork from the paintings of uh, of the show, but uh, everything else was uh done uh for online stuff at, at nbc.com. Yeah, they were doing I remember um I was such a Heroes fan that I signed up for the uh 
like that interactive viral game thing. Uh-huh. I used to get text messages from one of the characters, and then I stopped watching the show, but I was too lazy to unsubscribe. <laughs> so, you're so, so for kidding. like two years, I would get like horn rim glasses, nose, and I'd be like, I don't even watch this show. Yeah, but I, it kept me in the loop. No, yeah. Yeah. no, 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 it was fun though, man. Um, so next, your next thing up is Captain America White, right? There was an issue. I'm working on that right there now. There was an issue zero yeah. already that, that, that had come out, and that's and so that'll be the new book, the next one up? Yeah, we're working on it right now. Uh, and uh, it'll be really cranking by the time the movie comes out. So that, right. that's oh, the whole plan. That'll time out. Yeah. They always time out for the movies, it seems like, right? You said with Try the Hulk to. one. Yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, does that mean you're working on an Avengers rainbow? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Nope. I mean, that would just. Uh, but the Avengers are double in, rainbow. I mean, we we do the origin. Uh, most of it is is uh, in World War Two. Actually, we don't do the origin. We do the um, in Avengers number four. They brought back. Uh, they reintroduced Cap, which is when they find him in the ice, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so we do that. So you do you don't do the him and Bucky stuff. You do the you do the Avengers. No, 4 we're stuff. gonna be doing the him and Bucky. Oh, stuff. so it's bo- oh, that's, that's in cool. the zero, and that's all there, but. Uh, It'll be that story of when the when Thor, uh, uh, Captain America. Uh, so I got to draw I, the Avengers a little bit. Yeah, that's and awesome, was, man. Uh, the original the Wasp, yeah. The, you know the uh, the square yellow, red one. No, it's um, which one is it? Uh, it's got the pointy. That's what I make the kind of weird platey thing yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, Giant Man, the Wasp, Thor. I guess that's it. I think right. Uh, yeah. They got they gotten rid of the Hulk by then. But anyway, it's you know, still pretty freaking cool, though. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. it was great. It was I great. mean, to get to—did you ever think, uh, as a kid reading these books, that you, there'd be a point in, in time where some little kid only knows? I mean, you drew—you you know what I mean? You create Batman, you create Captain America, right. like you get to play in kind of the coolest sandbox of any. Did I ever predict that? No, I never did. But Do, uh, how does it uh, feel to? You know what I mean? <laughs> well, it—it it is a job. It is work, and so that it. it um, the beginning of things, as in most things in life, is the most exciting time. Of course. All. And you're figuring stuff out and you're looking for a, a certain... I always look for a certain um, artistic hook to come at it. I, a, I, I'm versatile enough that I can, you know, it needs to make sense to, like, a lot of black for Batman and Norman <laughs> Rockwell for Superman and that kind of thing. So it needs to make sense. I'm not just shifting things up willy-nilly but uh, you got to keep it fun for yourself too right a little i mean yeah absolutely uh, without getting you know bored I, I was talking earlier about um new york city and using the ink wash and that you can do bricks great with ink wash so <laughs> yeah but so 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 anything else on the uh, pipeline after cab you could talk about or no no Ooh, that was ominous and shit everyone get all excited <laughs> i do have an idea for uh and i've i've been percolating on it for a long time i i i'm really drawn to noir uh movies and artwork and i think i draw it pretty well and i want to do a um creator own book where i'm gonna train myself to write at least in a certain way speaking of uh, that I have a relevant um, oh, yeah, question got from some the internet. Yeah. Um, a reader, uh, Ricochet Lives, asks if you could create, if you could make a comic book about any superhero, who and what would it be about? Well, it wouldn't be superhero. They, oh. it would be this. Uh, this is what I. I really want to do this, and I've, I've wanted to do it for a long time. I'm intimidated by writing it. Uh, <laughs> I've talked to different writers. But you've got the story um, in your head. It's just the actual I've writing. Got, I've got the look in my head. I, I did a, a 
there was a book that uh, Mark Chiarello came up with called Solo, uh, and I did it. I did the premiere uh, issue of that. And it was forty-eight pages, no ads, just me um, drawing. And then I worked with various writers. I I did write a couple of things in there, but I did a noir story with Brian Azzarello. Absolutely, yeah. That's one of my favorite things that I've I've done, and uh, that really sort of started me thinking about. So that's the thing that's got you most excited now is that that's really cool. So everyone be on the lookout for, yeah. And I, I, you know, more answer that question. I've been fortunate enough to work pretty much on every character that I've wanted to work with. Um, You're not a big uh, Bat Rock the Leaper fan? Bat Rock the Leaper? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) He's going to be in... in cap, in, in cap. Oh, that's the greatest thing of all time. Yeah, yeah. That's the greatest thing of all because that's my reference. That's my go-to obscure one where people are like, "Comics are crazy." See, Bat Rock the Leaper does exist, folks. Thank you. And then <laughs> you're proven now. So you're doing Captain America White, and then Connell Gill wants to know um, if you and Jeff Loeb were to do another Marvel color book, um, what character would you like to do? Uh, left in the pantheon. Well, I think the the logical way to go, and we haven't really talked about it, uh, would be Iron Man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that would be cool. Yeah. I have. He was a uh, the, the tin can Iron Man. You know, with the yeah, Mark, totally, Mark Mark uh, One or whatever. Was, uh, yeah. Um, was a character in uh, Hulk Gray, and so I've done I've done some work with him, and uh, I get a lot of requests to. To do that particular Iron Man. That's a good question. So, so you go you go to a lot of uh, comic conventions and mm-hmm. stuff like that, and and uh, being an artist, you get inundated with with sketch requests and stuff like that. What I do, um, I do a couple of different things, but I, yeah, I'm, it's clear the here, so I, you don't get ambushed at cons. Yeah, uh, I I sign and do quick headshots for free. And, Which is amazingly um, cool because there's people who don't even do that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I sit I sit at a table all day and and do these things, and uh, I don't have a limit on how many signatures I ask for a donation to the Hero Initiative. Which we're going to talk over about. Five, yeah. Over five, uh, five of them, but sometimes there's a big stack. And but the other thing that I do is called uh, it's like the Disney Fast Passes, and I call them Fast Passes. Or uh, huge I, Disney I, I give out time. I give out little slips of paper with a time on it, and so you don't have to stand in line. I give them out right in the uh, first part of the day, and I do about ten a day, and um, charge money for those. They're in ink wash. Oh wow! Um, so you do the entire. So you're double inking. I mean, so they get the whole shebang bang. Yeah. For that. Yeah. 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 Um, just it's one character. We need to agree on what what the character is going to be. Um, What's the most commonly requested character? You know, it's funny. I was talking with Ryan earlier. That really varies a lot. Uh, at at the Long Beach show, I got like five requests for Zatanna. <laughs> I know. Um, and I, 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 anyway, I couldn't figure it out, but I, and that there were a lot of. I'm trying to even think of a joke about that one. I'm just fucking floored. Why that doesn't make any sense whatsoever? There were a lot of requests for uh, Gwen and Mary Jane. People like sexy and, chicks. I know yeah. they do. They do. And there was actually a great uh, model who was hanging around our table, dressed up like her. Oh, that's so you had a reference. Uh, yeah, yeah. I did have a reference. Um, but, but no, Batman, pretty much. Uh, but it will vary a lot. I mean, sometimes it's it, you know it's all the Hulk. Uh, you know, 
And you get so, weird ones sometimes too, right? I mean, will you? Will you? I, I mostly won't do weird. You won't do, and, and I don't. I don't mean weird like like sexual. Like I had a buddy who used to get. What did Adam gets like Hannibal. one of your characters as Boba Fett? That's his. But he did, he had another theme. Before there was that. a guy who used to get Hannibal Barbera character. It was like. You picked a Hanna-Barbera character and a superhero, and he wanted you to draw, like, Fred Flintstone as Spider-Man. Uh, I did a Bat Smurf once. <laughs> um, but that was a freebie. That, that was, works. That was, <laughs> that was pretty cool. A Bat Smurf. That's awesome. <laughs> Brenda, you had another question from... Uh, uh, last question from Twitter from Goofy Fan Chuck. Maybe he likes Goofy. That guy gets all the ladies. Um, any new sketches? <laughs> any new sketches for the final season of Heroes? Were you doing? Are you? Hasn't it been any? off? And it's been it's, off for a while. It's been off for, like for a while. Maybe this guy needs. I mean, we need to. Brinder just got a text guy. message from 1998. I got bad news for you, Goofy fan. Like, yeah. And I didn't. I did not work on the last two. Yeah. Seasons. You worked on the good seasons. Let's just clear the fucking air. <laughs> I did. <laughs> okay. I did the first three seasons. Right. And no. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Lasted for five, and but it's been off the air for it has been, a it's year. Been about a two. A year or two, right? Yeah. Well, it ended in um in May of two thousand nine. Brando, right? Brando yeah. likes to keep his uh, he keeps the Well that was that carnival season. Oh, I don't even want to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, well that'll be back and aborted after the show. But we are we are here for an important reason, sir, and it and it's something you're very passionate about, and it's the hero initiative. Yeah. And we we touched on it earlier with Ryan, but maybe you could you could fill us in a bit more uh about the work that those fine folks sure. do. Sure. It well it it uh, uh, what you were talking about earlier was more uh, uh it was certainly true, uh that the older creators uh, not having health insurance. You tell me Ryan steered and, me wrong. And making no, no, no. All no, that I'm is kidding. true, but it, it's also generally true for creators now. Yeah, I don't have health insurance. You know, it's like not offered no, by yeah. the by the industry. It's not. You know, you're all you're work, considered work free, for hire, you're freelance, and, freelance and, yeah. and you know. So it, uh, uh, I, um, I did a lot of work over the last couple of years for Hero Initiative, and I actually got a. Got a fucking award for it. Wow, uh, awesome! Yeah, um, humanitarian of the year or some shit like that. Wow, okay. wow! You know, anyway, so you got an Eisner in one of those, and it was a complete show? surprise. Well, it, it no, it was um, it was a Harvey. So you got uh, an Harvey Eisner and a Harvey. All you need now yeah. is a Blockbuster award. And you're set. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> no, that's great though, man. No, yeah, what's that? <laughs> um, not for much longer, people. So the, yeah. what, what we're doing Friday is uh, I'm going to do a version of the Fast Passes. They've already been uh, pre-sold. I'm going to do about six over uh, maybe a little bit more. Over Golden Apple Comics. Over here, Golden here Apple in Comics. Yeah. Um, and it's all to raise money for a hero initiative. And uh, so I'll be signing for free, but also doing uh, these drawings for donations. No, that's great, so, man, and then and, and it is and it is a great cause because again, it's terrific. It, and like cause. you said, and like you said, even to this day, it's it's kind of an industry where, I mean, I don't. It would, it's what, anybody working in comics? Yeah, can, it's just flat out comic yeah. books, right? I mean, but everyone kind of knows that and goes goes into it knowing that, or yeah, is, is there a call for a change, or is it? I mean, anytime they've been tried, they've tried to um, like, like there's no union, they're unionized yeah. or something. No, anytime right? they've yeah. tried to do that, it, it, there aren't even any agents in yeah. you know, or there, there used to be one or two. I don't. There was so much resistance from uh, uh, editors and everything about to deal you know, with agents. Why should I fucking talk to an agent? So all the all the writers you? and artists they deal directly with with the, uh, the yeah. editors and the company and the company, yeah. right? Yeah, uh. yeah. Um, which. 
you know, is the way it's always been. And uh, but I, I heard you talking earlier about you getting two cents for. A, I mean, why do you think Jack Kirby drew five pages a day? I mean, he, you know, and, and plus it was a really when you were talking about Darwin being a throwback, he's really um, fond of that sort of work ethic, and he keeps that that uh, example for himself. Um, and he, uh, so people like the old time guys who just sat down and said, "Look, I got to feed my family," and they just they I'm drew for a living. Yeah, Twenty five dollars yeah. a page was a pretty good rate, you know, and uh, I did a book called Billy 99 for Dark Horse in the early early 90s, and, and this is when Dark Horse was much, a much, much smaller company, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, and I got about $100 a page for pencils and inks and letters. Wow. I did is... the lettering on it, too, so. Yeah, yeah. so, yeah. <laughs> so definitely, folks, definitely support the Hero Initiative. Check out uh, Hero Absolutely. Initiative. Heroinitiative.org. And, and they're and if always... you go to a convention, they're always there. And that's say... the first place I always head to when I'm at a convention because they always have great exclusives. I know a lot of times when you're thinking of charities, you're like, I don't have a lot to give. I only have... But, like, I, I know there was one time where for five bucks, I donated five bucks, and I got a poster and a comic book, and the artists were there. So there's always guys signing stuff there. Those guys hanging out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's always yeah, right. it's all it's all it's the first place I stop at at every con I go to. Yeah, I drew for an hour and a half for them. Uh, Did you at, at the, Long Beach? At yeah. Long Beach, yeah. yeah. No, that's great, man. And everyone, everyone, and all the artists and stuff come out to support. And it's just a very George Perez is a really big uh, supporter as well. He does a lot of work for them, and he whatever show he's at, he uh, if they're there, he's he's working for them too. No, totally. And it's just great that the community is giving back to the people yeah. who kind of you know started the entire thing or the reason. Well, it's a little self-serving for us. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, so, uh, but still, it, you know, it does benefit a really worthy cause. Hey, dude, as they all should. I mean, there's. Hey, we're. All, I'm an asshole, so <laughs> at least we're doing a charity thing, right? <laughs> no, right. but that's what it is. It is a very, very worthy cause, and forget self-serving or any of that. I mean, it ultimately, at the end of the day, right? This, this is absolutely something that that. Uh, we should all support and everyone check them out and and be by being here tonight, folks. We so we had a sold out show tonight. A lot of people donated tickets. We had we had a a gentleman, uh, Dan, Dan, Ar- yeah, Dan Arnfield in Illinois bought ten tickets for the show just to help support really? the cause and stuff like that. Yeah, Great. so everyone, everyone, thank you very much uh, Thanks, for everybody. checking them out and. Uh, Thank you for coming out, sir. Yeah, did you have you a decent time? Oh, it was a great time. It wasn't that bad, right? I'm a, little, a, little, a little chilly. But a, little, uh, a little chilly in here. We'll get it fixed next time. <laughs> My issue is like we it's it's a fucking it's a small sliding scale. It's either we too have, chilly or too hot. Or it's and super like, hot in here, and I can't handle that. See, and then he's done. Yeah. yeah. It's the big guys. They like it chilly. No, a lot of big big work. folks in this house, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so we, we we like to keep it igloo like, but uh like I said, sorry comedy is best served sorry. cold. That this my yeah. <laughs> No, but thank you, thank you very much for being sure. here. With us. Great I very appreciate it. Everyone, and your website is timsale1.com. Timsale1.com. The number. If you Google me, the number one, or I mean, the number, the number one, yeah, the number one. If you yeah. Google me, it's the first thing that comes up. Boom. So Google him. Make pop his Google alert off. Like I'll get eighty million email notifications today. And so. I'm on. Uh, there's a message board, and I'm on there pretty much every day. Over on your website, yeah. So if you folks want to talk to to to, uh, to Tim in the forums, just go to uh, timsale1.com, right? And click on the message board. Very right. cool, man. Yeah. And then they, they can contact you, uh, you about all this stuff. And then again, uh, to find out more about the Hero Initiative, check out heroinitiative.org, goldenapplecomics.com, folks. Uh, they're along for the ride, and we are very very happy to have them. A lot of cool stuff coming out. Check them out. Uh, 
They got all your comic books. They got really cool exclusives and stuff. Like everyone here tonight got a, uh, a Kevin Smith uh, Green Hornet exclusive from Dynamite Comics. You know, so definitely check out uh, GoldenAppleComics.com. Check out Purple-Tree.com. Uh, my uh, wardrobe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, and thank you for being here for Bag and Mortar, folks. I'm on Twitter at Camel Toad and Smodcastle. Check me out at uh, CamelToadProductions.com, BagandMortar.com. Um, at Brendo Man. And I also want to give a shout to at Derek Armijo. Oh, ooh, wow. Folks, yeah. I'm an asshole. Derek, let's, 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 we are the three amigos, and Derek is the Martin Short character. And, and from now on, every week, <laughs> at Derek Armijo. D-E-R-I-C-K. Let's spell it, because it's all Latin. D-E-R-I-C-K-A-R-M-I-J-O. Derek yeah. Armijo, visit DJ. Maybe and you we'll, can hit me up at Man. Maybe we should set you up at DJ D-Rock to make it easier uh, for an Anglo no, audience. No, want that. No. And then um, <laughs> also, BraxComics.com and... You lucky audience members. Um, yeah, everyone got I, a sketch tonight. I don't uh, draw. The comic, <laughs> if you go to it, is not hand drawn, but I hand he has drew a, Brendo has some a exclusive comic. sketches for you. All of a sudden, he's like defending his art in front of Tim Sale. Draw. Like he's never cared before. <laughs> And uh, you guys got a Camel Toad sketch from me and uh, a CD from Jesse Rivers. <laughs> Jesse Rivers donated CDs. He did, folks. So, uh, guys, thank you for being here so much. As always, check out the other uh, Smodcast podcast. Of, of which I think we're now a part of, possibly. And, uh, Hooray! And Fred Entertainment Podcast, uh, smodcastle.com for all your ticket needs. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Matt Cohen. I'm Brendan Creasy. It's been bagged and boarded. It's been real. What? what? I'll put it in later, dude. Also, guys, hang out for a sec. Uh, Ryan and Tim want to talk to you about Friday night. Find more funny shit like this at smodcast.com. Scott, when I'm not recording Smodcast. What are you doing? Listening to Smodcast.com. Not just our show, but there are six other great shows that you can listen to all for free every day of the week. Seven days a week. It's just like a real network that only ran one show that was only an hour long and had no picture. It was like the beginning. It was like Milton Berle. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It was like Texco Start, but even they had a picture. Uh, we're dialing it way the fuck back. This shit's yeah, so low tech. Oh, totally. For the man. shadow. Absolutely, absolutely, man. This is the Green Hornet time where it's just like, and then the Green Hornet entered the room. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> See how riveting that shit is? That's what's happening all the time at smodcast.com. It's theater of the mind. People bitch. entry. <laughs> people come in. People say shit. People leave. Smodcast.com. Good call. Yes, good callback. Smodcast.com. It's all free. It's all funny. Smonsters of talk.